Hi, I'm Tracy Price, your Lord Mayor candidate. As your Lord Mayor, I will focus on ways to reduce the cost of living, provide more affordable housing and improve our public transport system. I will be standing up for the suburbs. We can make a difference. Send the LNP Council a message and let's get it right for Brisbane. Tracy Price is right for Brisbane. Vote one Tracy Price for Lord Mayor. Authorised by Kate Flanders, Level 1, 16 Peel Street, South Brisbane. Qantas becomes profitable again and plans for non-stop flights to London and New York. It's D-Day for interest rates and the inquiry into the staff finally gets to hear from the former CEO. It's Tuesday the 3rd of May 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Are you excited? I love a story about airlines. Uh, you know, I you know I love talking about planes. So I am thrilled that Qantas is the lead story today. You can never get enough airlines. You know, it's funny when you're in the news industry. There are just certain companies, even if they're not big enough to kind of garner the headlines. Everyone just wants to read about them, and Qantas is one of those. Telstra is another one. You know, people just want to know what's going on, lots of shareholders, stuff like that. And then there's all these other companies that are huge, much bigger than Qantas. We hardly mention because people aren't interested. No, no, there's, there is something about Qantas, about the airlines. that's just got that, that little bit of kind of excitement, a little bit of mystery about it all. So look, we'll get to that in a second. I do just need to mention that we've got a fantastic interview coming up today. After the show, you're speaking to Nicola Powell, who's the Chief of Research and Economics at Domain. So much going on, particularly with interest rates, you know, possibly rising as of today, certainly as of next month. We're talking about house prices, what she expects to happen. Really, really good interview. Yeah, it's a cracker. But Sean, Qantas, let's talk about Qantas. It has bounced back and the company says it'll be profitable from next year. They're ordering 12 new aircraft, making the nonstop Sydney-London route a possibility in the next few years. Incredible. Incredible. It's a pretty good day for the flying kangaroo. A flood of post-COVID passengers. Think of all those queues around Easter time. All those people taking holidays has boosted cash flows significantly and allowed Qantas to pay down debt. Now, at its peak, it owed about $6.4 billion. It's down to $4.5 billion. By the end of this financial year, it'll be about $4.1 billion, and that's back to pre-COVID levels. For the six months to the end of June that we're in at the moment, Earnings before tax and a bunch of other items will come in around $500 million. Next financial year, Qantas will be profitable for the full year, finally. Domestic capacity will be above pre-COVID levels during the current quarter and at about 44%. International capacity is growing, plenty of room to move there. And while fuel prices are higher, that's a big cloud on the horizon, customers seem willing to pay higher prices. Sean, I don't know about you, but considering everything just entirely shut down during the pandemic, I still think it's pretty remarkable that the airline made it through. That's true because Virgin didn't. It it needed a new owner. I mean, how did it do it? Well, big loans, we found that out, about $855 million in JobKeeper payments. So the government really kept it afloat. Some pretty ferocious management of costs and very patient shareholders. We shouldn't forget them. They got some reward yesterday, the shareholders did, with Qantas's share price jumping nearly 3%. It's up about 25% over the past couple of months when it dived on the back of surging oil prices. And Sean, you haven't mentioned the best part yet, though, the non-stop flights to London and New York from the east coast of Australia. 
Chief Executive Alan Joyce yesterday was talking up Project Sunrise. That's what they've called it for quite a few years. It's all about non-stop flights. He called it the last frontier and the final fix for the tyranny of distance. I'm not sure about that, Michael. I'd actually like faster planes. I want to get there one go, but I also want faster planes, don't you reckon? Yeah, yeah. That is still a very long time to be sitting on a plane for, isn't it? I think so. Look, as part of that, Qantas has ordered 12 new Airbus A350 jets. They've opted for the Airbus rather than the Boeing jets. Joyce reckons the non-stop flights will begin in 2025. Now, Qantas also ordered 40 more Airbus planes to renew its domestic fleet. All in all, a pretty good day for Qantas and for Alan Joyce and for shareholders. They haven't had that many in the past couple of years, so good on them. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of shareholders, what happened in the local market yesterday? Well, the Qantas news helped most of the tourism and travel stocks, but there wasn't much good news outside that sector. With the S&P ASX 200 finishing the day down 1.2% to 7,347 points. Of course, this followed the massive sell-off on Wall Street over the weekend. Starting with the travel and tourism stocks, Flight Centre closed up 1.8% and Webjet was more than a percent higher. Travel group Hello World announced that total transaction value for the March quarter was up 60%. That meant its share price jumped 2.6%. Away from that, there were some really big falls across different sectors. Industrial property group Goodman fell more than 7%. Software player WiseTech Global was also off more than 7%. Zero tumbled 6.6%. REA was down 3.5%, while James Hardy Industries, QBE Insurance Macquarie Group were all down around 2%. Also yesterday, Michael, the country's biggest investor, the Future Fund, which manages $249 billion of our money, recorded a 1.5% loss for the three months to March. Chair Peter Costello warned that investors should expect lower returns than in the past, blaming rising interest rates and geopolitical tensions. While the monthly return wasn't great, over the past year, the future funds posted a near 12% return. Now that compares to its target of just over 9% for that period. So pretty good all in all. Over the past decade, the future fund has averaged an annual return of around 10%. I'd take that any day of the week. Finally, Michael, in global markets, everyone's waiting to see what the Federal Reserve does this week when it meets. Well, more accurately, everyone's waiting to see how much it raises interest rates by. The Aussie dollar is trading at 70.6 US cents and both oil and gold stocks are down a bit. All right, plenty happening. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Hi, I'm Tracy Price, your Lord Mayor candidate. As your Lord Mayor, I will focus on ways to reduce the cost of living, provide more affordable housing and improve our public transport system. I will be standing up for the suburbs. We can make a difference. Send the LNP Council a message and let's get it right for Brisbane. Tracy Price is right for Brisbane. Vote one Tracy Price for Lord Mayor. Authorised by Kate Landers, Level 1, 16 Peel Street, South Brisbane. Sean, it's a big day today for the world of economics. I, I don't know if you can, am I overreaching at all to describe today's Reserve Bank board meeting as a blockbuster meeting? Because it's tipped Ooh. to lift interest rates today for the first time in more than a decade. If that's not a blockbuster, I don't know what is. If the Reserve Bank board meeting is ever going to be a blockbuster, today's a day. I'm going with it. That's fine. Look, it's 
It's not a sure bet that they will lift rates. Everyone and their dog seems to be commenting or being chased by the media for commentary. Former Reserve Bank board member Warwick McKibben yesterday said he thought the central bank should lift the cash rate by half a percent. That would be much more than people are expecting today. Uh, Former Reserve Bank Governor Ian McFarlane said something certainly needs to be done to lower house prices to help younger Australians get into the market. While the consensus view is that the board of the bank will lift rates by 15 basis points today at its meeting, there's some good market watchers, including former central bankers, who think the bank will wait till June. I reckon it's a 50-50 bet, but certainly this time five weeks, rates will be on the rise, if they're not today. Yeah, it's not. if it is today, it's not great timing for the federal government. Obviously, it goes to the polls in less than three weeks. True, but yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said that a hike today wouldn't hurt his chances at the poll on May 21 because Australians understand the global inflationary drivers putting pressure on rates. Hmm, I'm not sure about that one, Michael. No, I don't, I don't know about that either, actually. And it, it does seem like all politicians are very kind of quick to distance themselves from rising rates, but very, very quick to take credit when uh, when rates are low. That's right. That's right. Look, Mr. Morrison was on the hustings yesterday, pledging to extend the access of the Commonwealth Seniors Health Card soon after Labor matched that commitment. A bit of that going on at the moment. On the Labor side, popular Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk was doing some of the heavy lifting, saying that Australia needed a Prime Minister that united the country. Anthony Albanese told the Labor Day rally that he'll negotiate with state premiers on public hospital funding. They didn't quite commit more funds to the sector. Albanese also pledged to deliver higher wages for workers. And Sean, the spat around the Solomon Islands-China Security Pact continues to take up airtime. Yes, it does. Yesterday, Solomon Islands High Commissioner to Australia, Robert Cicillo, urged Australia to broaden the Pacific Labor Mobility Scheme to help repair the relationship between Canberra and Honiara. He said his country was not moving away from Australia, but recognising that China was a rising power and offered new opportunities for the Solomon Islands. Sean, we had a bit of a chat earlier about uh, house prices and CoreLogic yesterday released its house price data for April and the annual pace of growth has slowed to 14.6%. It's still not bad. I mean, it means a $1 million home bought 12 months ago on average is now worth $1,146,000. So that's okay. If you've got that return in the equity market, you'd certainly be pretty happy. The data shows that the Australian capital city average dwelling price rose 0.3% in April. If you include the regions, the average price last month rose 0.6%. And across everywhere, it's almost 17% higher than a year ago. Back to the capital cities, though, the average price is now about 21% higher than the previous record in September 2017, but not all cities are the same. Brisbane and Adelaide are flying. Sydney, Melbourne and Hobart are going backwards. Perth and Darwin are just picking up a bit. Sean, the big question, though, is what about prices for the rest of the year? Ah, uh, Yes, yes, that chestnut. Look, the view seems to be that we're close to national average property prices peaking from their prices will probably decline. Why? Poor affordability, higher interest rates, higher inflation, making it harder to save for a deposit and more houses on the market. AMP Shane Oliver reckons property prices will fall somewhere between 10 and 15% over the next 18 months or so. All right. Now, I mentioned this one at the top of the show, Sean, but the inquiry into whether the Star is suitable to hold a gaming license in New South Wales has heard from former CEO Matt Beckier. 
Yes, he appeared late in the day. It was his first appearance and he said the company's broader business had a very good culture, but the VIP business was a dark art, that was his phrase, with a dated subculture that led to many of the problems at the group. Mr. Beckier said the VIP business had accepted a very different standard of behaviour from guests and staff and certainly needed a clean out. Mr. Beckier added he didn't think the board could have known about the misconduct going on. He also said disguising almost $1 billion in gambling transactions on debit cards was a sharp practice, and he agreed it was not right. He also said he felt let down by the company's chief legal and risk officer, chief casino officer, and general counsel. Having said that, he started his testimony by doing a mea culpa and taking blame, though he then did go on to criticise some of his underlings. Hmm. The uh, the group's chief financial officer also appeared, though, Sean, and conceded that he showed a failure of leadership and acted unethically when approving communication from the casino to National Australia Bank. Yes, his name's Harry Theodore, and he was very close to Matt Beckier, the former CEO. And Mr Beckier, late yesterday afternoon, said he felt let down by Mr Theodore. Basically, the communication between the casino and NAB sought to disguise banned gambling transactions as hotel expenses, according to a report in the Financial Review. Mr Theodore also admitted the company may have deceived the People's Bank of China in China Union Pay through the emails, as it knew that NAB's inquiries were likely responding to questions from the Asian banks. He also agreed that his conduct was improper for a senior executive of a casino operator and accepted it was unethical. Now, the inquiry does continue, but wow, some of the revelations continue to astound. Yeah, pretty incredible. And just staying in the gaming sector, Sean, Crown Resorts said a proposed new state tax could hit earnings by tens of millions of dollars. Yes, the gaming group has held talks with the Victorian government over its proposal to increase the tax rate for electronic gaming machines at the Melbourne Casino. If implemented in 2019 ahead of the pandemic, it would have hit earnings by up to $40 million. Crown said it wants to work with the government to think through the proposed changes. All right. AGL Energy, Sean, has downgraded its earnings and profit guidance for the 2022 financial year. Yes, that's on the back of the closure of the Loy Yang A power station in Victoria. Now, remember, the station broke down last month. It's likely to be offline until August, costing AGL up to $100 million. The Energy Group, which earlier in the year rejected a takeover bid led by billionaire Mike Kennan-Brooks, is scheduled to give shareholders a vote on this demerger program in the middle of next month. Now, any earnings shock like the one yesterday just won't help the cause. No. Uh, A few quick ones for you, Sean. The share price of Aussie Broadband tumbled 27% yesterday. That was after the telco downgraded its earnings guidance for this financial year. The estimate of total active broadband connections by the end of June was lowered to about 580,000. Another to get sold off hard yesterday was biotech Imugene. It ended the day down 15%, Michael, after it announced the termination of its supply agreement with big pharma group Merck & Co., And financial watchdog Oztrack said it has accepted an enforceable undertaking from NAB to improve its compliance with Australia's anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing laws. Yes, it follows an Oztrack investigation which identified concerns about NAB's program system and controls. Oztrack said that National Australia Bank will implement a remedial action plan which will see improvements to its systems, controls and record keeping, but no fine. All right, moving on to overseas news, Sean, and May Day marches in France turned violent just a week after President Emmanuel Macron was re-elected. 
Very, very short honeymoon, this one. Yeah, also. <laughs> Tens of thousands of people marched in France, and not unusually, it became a rallying point for complaints against the government. Demonstrators focused on demands for higher salaries, and the protests included clashes between anarchist groups and police in Paris, where bank branches, a real estate office, and a McDonald's restaurant were attacked. Okay. Uh, China, Sean, is in slowdown mode as the COVID zero tolerance policy hits the world's second largest economy. Yes, figures show that the manufacturing and services sectors have fallen to their lowest activity levels in more than two years, and that was the beginning of the pandemic. Major delays in the delivery of manufactured goods are now expected around the world, including in Australia. But President Xi Jinping has reiterated that he expects the Chinese economy to grow at a 5.5% pace this year, something which economists believe is impossible if the zero tolerance policy remains. Michael, something's got to give the policy or the economy. Okay, big day today, Sean. It's a massive day. And up next is the Fear and Greed daily interview. And you're speaking with Nicola Powell from Domain. As we mentioned, great chat about what's going to happen to house prices, which, of course, we've had such a good run of it recently. We all feel good about ourselves that it's not just good for housing market. It's also really good for consumer spending because when people feel rich because their houses are worth a lot, they spend more money. That's really good for the economy. But obviously, that's turning. We talked to Nicola about all those sorts of things. Yeah, it's a great chat. It is up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of May, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget to join Sean this afternoon for the afternoon report where he'll have all the latest from the Reserve Bank's blockbuster meeting today. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Tracy Price, your Lord Mayor candidate. As your Lord Mayor, I will focus on ways to reduce the cost of living provide more affordable housing and improve our public transport system. I will be standing up for the suburbs. We can make a difference. Send the LNP Council a message and let's get it right for Brisbane. Tracy Price is right for Brisbane. Vote one, Tracy Price for Lord Mayor. Authorised by Kate Flanders, Level 116 Peel Street, South Brisbane.